Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Officially back, 2022. I don't know what we're going to call this. Let's just call this season two, even though we've been doing this for, what, two and a half, three years. We never separated them into seasons before. So we're just going to say that starting now, this is season two, and then we'll move forward for the rest of them. But... I got the whole crew with me, Rowett, Robbie, and Mike. What's good, fellas? How you guys doing? Yo, I'm just happy to be back, fellas. It's a good day. It's a good what day. Up, what up, what up? I'm good. What's up? <laughs> Boy, Chaka. I like the season two call out because I think some of my favorite comedy series, like they pick up in season two, i.e. The Office and Parks and Rec, and we can just kind of refer to that first year as the lost episodes. I think the Beatles also kind of had that, right? Like the Liverpool years or the Germany years. So there we go. <laughs> the lost tapes. Let's do it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think organizing's really ever been our thing. So no. I was like, different pants all the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, speaking of disorganized, I, uh, I've been waking up pretty early. I mean, I wake up pretty early anyway, but I've been consistently waking up early because I've been doing a little bit different work lately, just like project stuff. And I realized today, as I posted my picture of shoes on my on my Instagram account, that I'm actually wearing two different shades of sock. I have like a cream pair on my left foot and a white pair on my right foot. So, yeah, organization, not not really important for us. We're just here to have a good time, right? Not here for a long time, just for a good time. <laughs> Was one of the shades eggshell white time. by chance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's super funny that happened to you. We'll get off this topic, but I tried to make a sale at StockX and I didn't realize I um, put the wrong, like, like a cream shoelace and a white shoelace with my Jordan ones that oh, I was wow. selling because my ass is colorblind as hell. So, like, I keep all my spare laces in a big Ziploc. I don't keep them in the shoe boxes. Mm, okay. I have a huge Ziploc bag that's full of laces. So I was like, oh, which one's white? Oh, this one's white. All right. This one's white. But no, one was eggshell. And they charged me 15 bucks and said they'd re- refund me, and they didn't. So thanks, StockX. I'm not going to go headhunting for $15. I made a pretty good pretty good uh, profit off those ones. But, man, <laughs> I'm colorblind. Give a brother a little break. That's Get off my back. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I choose to believe you saw the character of this, uh, the laces and not the color. Shout out to MLK. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. All right. So we, we haven't, we haven't been, uh, we haven't been recording for the first time in a while. So I figure, you know, Mike, Mike's Mike came ready with some rocking and copping. So I think we need to, to do it proper and 
share a little rocking and copping today. Wait, wait, hold up. I'm using my Zach Morris powers here to call a timeout and tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they have some exclusive discounts just for our listeners. Now, if you're already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know how I love to display my kicks when I'm not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights and drop side cases to showcase the entire side of your shoe, not just the heel or the toe. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. That's HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter and a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch, locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of sneaker history and the podcast since the early days, and his hot sauce has been a huge hit within the community. To celebrate the launch of his new coffee habanero flavor hot sauce, and my personal favorite, his new habanero honey, he's given an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. You can save 10% by using the code SneakerHistory10 at KicksWithVHots.com. That's SneakerHistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. Or better yet, tell some of your favorite brands they should be sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get back into today's episode. All right, cool. Well, I guess I'll go first then. Uh, my rockin' has been the human-made Shachona, which I will go on record. I don't care if it's a hot take or whatever. This is better than the Yeezy 450, in my opinion. So all you Yeezy stands, this is a better shoe. And it's on sale for like 124 bucks in certain places. Um, Coppin was my first L of 2020. I got to still find them. But the Watch the Throne LeBron 9s, still on the list of things I want. And um, yeah, caught that first dreadful message from the sneakers app. So it is what it is. I didn't even wake up for those. I, for, I wanted to. If, if I would have remembered, I would have. But I've been so far off of all the apps. Not a bad thing. Where it's just... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing. Uh, I hadn't even thought about it. Um, I've actually, so I've been rocking the the on cloud flyer waterproof. Um, they sent me these. Uh, I wore them all this past weekend in Seattle. They did extremely well. Not one leak. That's one thing I will say of all the waterproof shoes I've had from on. I've had three pairs now, and none of them leak even a little bit. I'm outside for like hours on hours. Like we were walking around for think seven hours um one thing i don't like though it's a little over branded it's like here 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 uh it's it's a little much i love the back one it's like offset on the back heel i think that looks really good but six reflective is a bit is a (laughs) bit much i like them they're comfortable very comfortable and they're very waterproof i was like ah man that's a lot for any brand (laughs) right board you yeah, at any brand. It's like, man, that's a lot of logo. Although at um, least the logo is a little abstract compared to like, imagine if you had like a pair of Nikes or uh, an Asics or something with six logos and just be like. Imagine Nike puts this <laughs> Nike print, this Nike, 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 <laughs> Nike, 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 Nike all over. And I True. never buy any of those either. Yeah. But uh, if you're looking for a waterproof shoe, Cloud Flyer, great choice. And then um, Coppin, they, they're already mine, but I recommend you go cop these. Um <laughs> It's the Nipsey Hustle RSX, uh, the latest collab with him. Um, I guess his estate at this yeah. point, but uh, very cool. Um, TMC on the back, but um, the super well-made shoe. Um, I think a lot of people will say this about like the A6 that have been dropping, like the Salmon Toes, 
materials matter when you have like a million pairs. So you have this like nice perforated mesh, this nice suede, 3M hits, um, nylon, leather, um, everything just feels really good, right? And I think that that matters more and more when you have like a, an, five options in front of you. And you're like, all right, well, they're all kind of the same shoe. They're all like kind of price. These are like, I think 150. They're all kind of priced in that 120, 150 range. What's the, what's the difference maker? Yeah. And I think for me personally, it's like, well, that's a good ass looking shoe, like material wise. So Dope. go pick those up. Nick, I know you love nips. So yeah, it's a good one. If you're a nip fan, it's still good. It, it's, it's amazing how they keep dropping. Unlike Tupac albums <laughs> after his death, they kept dropping good stuff. Yeah. And I, that's a power to his estate. It's like not letting it drop off. Or I think some people will kind of like Bob Marley merchandise, right? It's so like there's some good stuff. There's just so much bad merchandise off of beloved people who've passed yeah. away. Yeah, and I think the Puma stuff keeps being good. So yeah, I do. I do think that uh, it's it's worth like commending both his estate and Puma with that, right? Because mm-hmm. you know they've done a really good job. Even like the 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 video that they launched with this release was really mm-hmm. like. I mean, I I was like tearing up. It was like that good, and that hasn't happened in a, in a sneaker commercial type of thing in a really long time. I mean, obviously that's like a, I, I wake up to Nipsey hustle every morning. So it's like, like that's like my wake up song anyway. So like it, it's close to me no matter what, but like watching that was like, wow. Like I, I even like reached out to Clyde and was just like, yo, I'm just, I'm thankful that you guys are actually like taking care of this. You know, it's an important thing to take care of because we definitely live in a time to your point, like Bob Marley is another one of those people that the the legacy should have been protected and and like held at a very high standard in my opinion and and I think mm-hmm. you know as people get you know incredibly famous and and especially with the internet now we end up with these weird kind of bootleg things and half-assed things that happen all over the place so like for them to kind of still be owning that and having the partnership with Lauren London and his estate it's it's like you know it's impressive that they've been able to do it without diminishing the quality or or the message in my opinion yeah and just i mean to wrap off that it says i hustle on the side on the tag and that's such like a simple nip thing but it like it really does motivate me it makes me like it's just like you don't have to have all the craziest fanfare and stuff but it's saying like i hustle it makes me want to hustle and it's just like i don't know weird thing to say but just like dang it's a good shoe like let's go out there and hustle today yeah man i agree how about right, you, Roy? Uh, no, I mean, for me, last time I checked, my update won't be as poignant as Robbie's. But uh, what I rocked when I was in Florida for the last couple of weeks was the Offline Mule 2.0. Uh, mm. And it is very much a hummer for your foot. And the packaging is that as well. And it was really funny because I was so with what? family. And one of the biggest topics was the reemergence of the Taco Bell Mexican pizza in May 2022. And the reason was, yes. yeah, I thought of you, Engval. I, about, <laughs> I took a packet of mild sauce and started pouring it one out in your honor. <laughs> but then it was also one of those things where the reason why apparently that the Mexican pizza was no longer on the menu was the packaging. And then I received the 2.0 packaging and I'm like, goodness gracious, this could literally be a a kitten's playhouse 
It is so big. It is so fluffy. And yeah, if somebody wants a comfortable slip-on sneaker, go ahead and do that. Not only for the sneak, uh, for the slip-on, but also the actual packaging. And what I'm rocking, I just saw, I think on one of our listeners' Instagram, that they put some release dates forward for the Giannis collection for the Uno. And yeah, I think I may double dip and get another pair of offline 2.0s because that Uno offline 2.0 looks super sick and super vibrant. So damn, I might need that too. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. Um so I uh what you rocking. What did I rock? Today, uh, oh man, I didn't bring them up. Today I wore the and one Tai Chi because nice. Lance Stevenson just had one hell of a performance in the Tai Chi. Ready. And I was like, just, just <laughs> yeah. the guitar right I was there. like, I need to pull out a pair of Tai Chi's today. Um, so I have the 20th anniversary uh, Tai Chi. It's, it's got like one of the coolest brandings on it. Um, it's on, it's on my Instagram, but like the barbed wire it's, well, it's, it's actually the chain link fence that, ah. so it's like, it's like, you know, it's like true hoops, right? Mm-hmm. It's like legit, like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen any and one like in person type of things, but when they, when they do any kind of event over the years, a lot of times what they'll do is bring in a chain link fence and like use it to either hang the hoop from it or shoes from it. Like it's, it's always kind of like that playground vibe. Right. So it was really cool to see that on a shoe and it's that, shoe came in like a two pack so it came with like the two chillin slip-ons so it's like a, a you know like a perfect kind of homage to and one's legacy but it's also one of those shoes that i just don't ever see anybody wear or post or like i don't even know if people remember that it came out because it was kind of low-key and like let's be honest we could probably all name one person and one person only that's going to spend 200 and some odd dollars on a dual pack and one shoe right <laughs> And we all know the only person I know already. (laughs) I was like, I'm looking at you right now, Nick, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I bought him, you know, like who is Dick um, Engvall or (laughs) his cousin I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but as far as copping, these finally showed up. Oh, gorgeous. So, uh, yeah, like the, I mean, the colors on this are just amazing to me. The, the leather back, uh, gel light five from Ronnie Feig and, and Kith, um, uh, you know, to Robbie's point about like the, the materials, I think, you know, the, I don't think these are as good as the originals in, in terms of quality, but they are far better than a lot of pairs of shoes in my collection. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love that this is not the, split tongue of the a6 gel light three like that that kind of anomaly of the design i think was was really cool for quite a while but like for me personally it fits really weird it's i'm like this weird in between size where if i get too small you just see my sock in the middle of the shoe like if if i wear a 12 or or a 12 and a half usually it, it folds out enough to see the sock and if I'm wearing a 13, they almost always overlap. So it just looks awkward. So to get it, to get like, I'm, I'm hoping to get the salmon toes too, because they've, the price is coming, come down quite a bit, yeah. but to get like two of, you know, probably my top two Ronnie Feig releases in, you know, a shoe that doesn't have to, that I would actually wear more, the gel light five super dope. So I'm pretty stoked to have those. It is pretty wild that it took from what black Friday, I think is yep. when those came out. Yep. 
and it's recording January 6th, and they just showed up today. Oh, crap. So, Supply chain. Yeah. 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 I, I got to go back uh, to one of Jersey. our last episodes because Robbie told me that those things were going to stay like $500. I have to tell you, I have to point out you were wrong, just so you know. Nice. <laughs> I'm actually kind of oh, surprised, though. I, I just feel like they, just because it's one of those things, it's the older shoe. I think we've just seen this kind of happen a lot of times. The older shoes come out kind of in a, in a new version or just a reintroduction of it. And people don't seem to have the same affinity towards it. And they just kind of sit around and you get better prices for people like us who actually want them. So I think it's a good thing for us, right? Yeah. Not mad about that. Nick, it's so funny. Like I also have a pair of Thai cheese and those things don't fit well either. Just like design wise. It's like, it's like slipping your foot into like a bowl, <laughs> like a little, like a, like a fish bowl. That's it's weird. It's just such a, such a roomy ass shoe. And it's it's my proper size. It's my, they're a size twelve, true to size. Yeah. And it's just like stepping into a, a bowl. Like those shoes, I will never get rid of them. They're the black and gold. They're ugly as hell, in my opinion. Yeah. But it's a, such a piece of sneaker history and like basketball history. Like I can't get rid of the Thai cheese. No, man. I was just gonna say it makes Vince Carter's dunk contest even more impressive that he did that on those shoes. So. Yep. I mean, I would love to at some point talk to guys that actually play in them and see what they're wearing. Cause to, to Robbie's point, right? Like I have a pretty, a pretty wide, just overall heavy wide foot. Right. So it works for me pretty nicely, but the, the problem with it is that the cushioning or the padding on the inside is not substantial enough. Mm-hmm. Like there's way too much of it, but it's almost too soft. So like the outside leather holds shape. Great. Fitment wise, it's pretty normal, but because it's not that like it gives too much on the inside. Right. So it's like, it's like super roomy. Like the fishbowl analogy is great because it's like your foot fits in there. And normally almost every shoe has like cushioning that kind of sort of forms to your foot in some way, you know, but like they clearly haven't updated any of the technology from it, you know, since 2000 or 99, whenever they first came out. So it's just like. And they, I mean, that's kind of what I love about and one is like, yeah, we're, we're still playing the same courts. We're still <laughs> releasing the same shoes. It's forever 2003 yeah, we, in and one's mind and we're here for it. Right. You know, and honestly, like, you know, the year 2003 is one of my favorite Instagram accounts, you know, like that account just like posts fire every day, you know, hey. you got a little bit of, a little bit of crazy Britney, a little bit of basketball, <laughs> some early LeBron. I think we got you the know, dip set freestyle. We're, we're- dip set, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good time to be to be a part of it, you know? Yeah, dude. That was some of the best basketball shorts money could buy. I remember I had, like, handfuls of them. I'm like, I would never get rid of them except, you know, it was at a time you outgrow everything. <laughs> yeah, true yep. that. Yep. I still have a size medium and one tank top with, like, the what they call them, the Phantom yeah. guy? What yeah. they call the Phantom? Yep. Yeah, that's a classic yeah. right there. Yeah. This topic. I would love to have some more but, of those. Uh, good stuff. I mean, I think that, that brings us... I mean, I don't know what direction we particularly want to go in, but I've had like direction of sneakers in 2022 in my mind. I think that's what we kind of wanted the basis of this episode to be like predictions going forwards, New Year's type stuff. Right. And and I think Nick bringing up the year 2003 is really interesting because I think now fashion is in like the 90s. Right. It's become, it's become circular again. We're like. 
a lot of people talk about the Air Jordan Eight more than it's been talked about in a long time, just because '90s stuff looks cool again. Yeah. So we're only we're only ten years off of 2003, and I, I think that's an interesting place to start with, like where shoes are going, or where I see shoes going in 2022. Is that like this this '90s stuff? We're getting a penny retro here in like a month or so. Um, you know, there's there's going to be there's always retro product releasing, but, but I think they're really going to be pushing retro penny stuff and like that nineties design, they being Nike. Um, and I think other brands will also follow suit. We saw a, a retro mod of Gil arenas Adidas shoe coming out. They have yeah. retro mods of T max. They have retro mods of Derek Rose shoe. So like, I think brands are going to really keep dipping in, especially as like newer stuff is harder to make. In these times, um, they're going to be dipping more into nostalgia um, than, than I think than I think normal. Yeah. Um, I saw some really cool penny gear. It was like half cent, like uh, little penny, not half cent, but like little penny themed gear, like jumpsuits and stuff, like all from the '90s. This I think we're going to see a lot of like '90s jumps, like a lot of '90s retro stuff. And it's and I know Gil and T Mac aren't '90, but. Yeah, I think that's an interesting kind of I I agree with you. I think, you know, to Mike's point, right, like it's it's interesting because we're in this time where retro product from people within sneakers is not as important as it was, you know, maybe in years past. Right. Like we could all look back five years or seven years or something and be like, yeah, that was like the retro runner craze. Like everybody was doing collabs. Everybody was releasing retro product for kind of like the first time. Um, you know, like New Balance brought back a lot of a lot of crazy stuff with collaborations. Asics did a bunch of stuff with Ronnie Feig and with you know concepts and stuff like that. And now we're kind of seeing like that fall off. Where you know, to, to your point, like that '90s and early 2000s stuff, I think is going to be really interesting to watch. As like you know, like even you know, aside from the the, the Gilbert Arenas and the and the T Max stuff, I saw Adidas is bringing back like the EQT Elevation, mm-hmm. which you know, that shoe, I mean, I, I love that shoe. Like, I have that dunk contest shoe from the last time it retroed. It is terrible quality, but I paid, like, $40 for it on clearance because nobody was buying that stuff. Yeah. And I think it's cool that we're we're seeing people at least have the opportunity to kind of relive those those moments. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it works with, with Kobe and Adidas and all that now because, obviously, the, you know, just the energy around – everything Kobe Bryant is different than what it was before, unfortunately. Yeah. But those types of things I think will be, you know, kind of like, you know, kind of taking that a step further. Like one of the things I was thinking about, about, you know, talking about tonight with you guys is like, I almost feel like this year we should shift a little more forward in what we focus on to talk about because, there's this weird in-between space, right? There's this like, cool, you're going to talk about Jordan retros because it's Jordan retros. We all love that stuff, and we all get excited when there's a color we want. Like, you know, I, I've sworn off Jordan 1s probably 20 times on this show, and then I see, like, the Hoyas 85 editions, and I'm like, all right, sign <laughs> me up. Like, how do I get a pair of those, you know? But that era of like late nineties, early two thousands is like not quite nostalgia for the old generation. It's not quite 
old enough to be nostalgia for the younger generation. And like, there's this like in between world that to Robbie's point, I think that's where like fashion is landing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like, Oh, people forgot about these kind of things. So now it's cool again to, to find them. And I'm kind of excited to see that happen. Hopefully I think we can, we can expand, you know, in like directions that kind of include those things where, you know, normally we wouldn't consider doing like, a whole episode on something like that. But I think we could, we could definitely go down these kind of rabbit holes with some of these products. And I don't want to dismiss like, you know, like the, the early nineties and late eighties stuff. Cause obviously that's like the era for me to like be nostalgic about, but like thinking about like, even like the, uh, the flight lights or whatever that Scotty Pippen wore mm -hmm. in the Olympics and like seeing all that stuff just get like, mass produced and mass colorway, you know, like I love that shoe, but I don't want to see 20 colorways of it because I just don't like, there's not a reason for me to get excited about it to that extent. Yeah. Like, I th and that's tough. Like on the manufacturing side, I get it. But like, look, once you've seen like a, a bulls colorway and a USA colorway, do you really need more of that shoe? Are there enough people out there that are like, give me a Miami Knights black and pink and, and teal <laughs> version of that shoe. No, it, it does seem know. a bit Mad Libs, lack of a better term, right? Because you're essentially taking a modern colorway, let's say, and applying it to a retro shoe. And to me, it's kind of serving no particular master in a sense. But at times, at the very best, people are going to cop it. And at the very worst, which seems more likely, people are going to be like, this just doesn't fit the aesthetic or the mood or that era's vibe, so to speak. One of the things I thought coming into this year was, is this the year we see nostalgia die a little in that sense? Because it's one of those things that every year I'm like, are we finally going to get sick and tired of being young again? And like, we're going to want something that reflects what we are in the moment about now. But retros are retros. And hell, that's part of the reason why our podcast is called the Sneaker History Podcast. And it's not sne uh, current events. So, <laughs> well, well, I mean, what's, Ro, you bring up a fantastic point on that like i think eventually some styles are gonna have to start just like dying out it's like how many times can we feel like a kid but this particular situation with the penny too i feel like penny is so beloved and they've i think nike's done a very good job keeping their hands off of the penny stuff mm -hmm. for the right amount of time like we get penny every couple years very certain models not a lot of overlap and i think that's all great because it keeps people like me very interested yeah. and my ears perk up when I hear, Oh, Penny two's coming back. I missed that five, six, seven years ago when it came back. Yeah. And then we get like the original, allegedly like the original OG white home pair, you know, there's going to be like stuff that just like Penny is so powerful. I think maybe some Jordan fatigue, maybe some LeBron fatigue. There's going to be other brand fatigue, but like, Damn it, people love Penny Hardaway. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy because I feel like they're going to push a lot of Penny this year because there's already rumors of a Stussy and Penny 5 collaboration. or They haven't really given you a real model yet, but there's been some some whispers of a Stussy and insert Penny model here uh, collaboration. You know, that once they start doing that, you know they're going to start pushing colorways because there was a few years back when – um, the Penny One, I swear, every time you looked up, there was a new color of it from like the Miami colors to like Nick was saying, throwing my Miami Night colorway on it, whatever it may be. Uh, there was a lot of it. But I'm really seeing that they're 
a lot of things are going back to original basketball. I, I really feel like this coming year. So we get the Penny one coming back in the home colorway, which is very coveted by, you know, Penny fans or people that era. They really like that shoe. Uh, but we have some also Adidas is really looking to push that historical basketball with D Rose fours, uh, D Rose 1.5. You get the rest of mods like the T Mac three and one, uh, the Gilbert arenas is coming out. So I wonder if we're going to get back to that golden era, which I think is the, the basketball sneaker, if that's going to be something that, you know, market research has shown that people are starting to fall in love again with, because I mean, my favorite time in basket or my favorite time in shoes was what that 2000, what, let's say nine through 2013, 14 when Nike basketball and, and other basketball sneakers around it were like the thing, because that's just a shoe I really do love. So I wonder if we're going to find ourselves back in kind of that cycle, as opposed to, Dunk, 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 Jordan 1, dunk, 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 and, you know, fill in the blank there. Yeah, the three wise men era, like the when it was KD, Kobe, yeah. and LeBron every weekend, exactly. and you just kind of had to make that choice of, okay, this weekend I'm going for a KD. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think that is going to be a very interesting one as well because it goes back to the overarching theme that we were discussing. KD's rookie year was not that far back, and it's going to be interesting to hear a 12-year-old be like, yeah, man, KD's rookie year was just so great. And I'm like, yeah, how was teething for you, young man? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> you don't want to go here. Yeah, but I mean, like we saw it right now with the Watch of Thrones 9, and I think ultimately it comes down to the execution and people realizing that, yes, there are there is fatigue around certain models of certain colorways, but if you dip deeper in the bag – and I think to the point that Robbie had also made, like give it the Disney vault treatment, right? When we were growing up, there was always that caveat of, hey, we are going to put the Lion King in the vault for the foreseeable future. So cop it now. Yeah. And I thought there yeah. was something similar around, I think the Jordan 3s a couple of years ago where they're like, hey, no more Jordan 3s for a little bit, just so you can kind of feel that hunger for it again. So when we do come back, the floodgates are open. So, Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that I think there is a lot of fatigue around you know, I mean, even like to Robbie's like point in like previous conversations around like the dunks and Jordan ones, right? Like it's, you don't go into the year thinking you're going to end up buying 10 or 15 pairs of dunks. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, well, you was, find a way, <laughs> but, yeah, like, you find a way, it. right? <laughs> and, and then like, and then like you, you kind of back off a little bit and realize like, am I ever going to really need 15 pair? Okay. Let me back it off to 10 you know whatever that is for you comfortably right we all have a different comfort level with that right like but i think that it's really fascinating to think about like taking that same thought process from the business side and being like cool let's do this with flight lights let's do this with you know hopefully they never do it with lebron retros like hopefully they they like i think there's like consumer fatigue in terms of like how many colorways of things come out and granted, like Dunks and Jordan ones are the perfect, you know, arguably the top two shoes for colors, palettes, like everybody could have 20 or 30 pairs and be super stoked about every pair, in my opinion. Yeah. But the worst thing about that approach is when you get like, I don't know if you guys saw the pink for red Jordan six rings or the what? like teal Jordan six rings. Because what happens is... I like the six ring, but I never see that color. (laughs) So I'm not, like, a fan of the six rings, but I don't hate it the way a lot of, like, the the OG, you know, purists do. But what frustrates me is you almost have, like, this... uh, the You almost have, like, a, a, a 
an approach that comes from Nike typically, because they're the best in the business, right? And they're like, okay, cool. We figured out how to get people to buy the same shoe in a new color every three weeks, whatever that is. You go a whole year and now it's like, I assume that like people in the business are like, well, we got to hit, hit numbers. How do we hit numbers with Jordans? Well, the average person just wants a pair of patent leather, shiny six rings. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just take all the colors that we have from over here, move them over here and let, let them fly, you know, because then when somebody goes into a footlocker, they end up seeing, Oh wow, that's a crazy shiny. Oh, and it's on sale. Yeah. That's a great one. Like, and then we have pink for red. God, I'm, I'm well, glad I've never seen red. that color because that sounds absolutely awful. But when they come out with things like the Concord six rings or like the cool gray six rings, I think I think that they're cool with hooping. I may not wear them on the daily, but I'm kind of in the same boat as Robbie. Like, there's not a bad shoe, but it's just there's so much. I'm being like, a hater, but the pink for red actually looks good. It's just it's yeah. just pink with some infrared. Oh, that color it, just it, made my head like hurt. A good I, was like, I can't color, even right? like fathom that color combination. But, no, I'm going to name yeah. my daughter's middle name as Pink for Red just because I hate the name so much. So I think it's genius. But like, so you can release 30 colors of a Dunk and 30 colors of a Jordan 1 because the consumer is not going to hit on 30 pairs. So like, you have to put 30 ones out there to lure people in 30 times for them to maybe get X amount. But to like the fatigue of Jordan 1s and stuff, I just did it inside my closet and I opened up every pair of Jordan 1s I had. And God damn it, I was happy every time I opened up that box. I swear to God. And then I think that's what it comes down to, like, either being addicted or a true fan or just, like, really loving shoes. But I was like, oh, these are it's nice. It's a mixture of all three, like, oh, though. Bro, you own these. Like, of course they're not. Like, <laughs> you, you've had these. But that's amazing, though, that you can still go back into your room and say, I opened this up. I haven't opened it in a while. and still have that feeling of, like, I appreciate it. You're not out there just like, I'm copping shoes and, ah, next, next, next thing. You actually have an appreciation for it, which is an amazing feeling, like. I, I did the same thing. So shout out to, to Chris over in our Canada boy over with the sneaker podcast. He actually sent me a pair of like these D-Rose 1.5s. I've seen this shoe a million times. I never had the all-star one, but I opened these up like a kid, like in Christmas, because it's something I can appreciate. So just like you, Robbie, locking down the Jordan ones, like, man, I really love these. I just I'll, I hope the fatigue of just getting these just like you went to, you know, Lowe's and saw all the like the paint pantones everywhere. That's kind of what we're getting at this point. It's like, how many colors can we fit inside this the sneaker store or this website and make people buy them as opposed to giving us those things that actually are are meaningful? And that's one of the things I want to be better at with this year is just being more curated and more purposeful with my purpose purchases. And that sounds really too deep for sneakers but for what we do and the things we do on outside like with my channel the, the youtube i want to be more purposeful i don't want to necessarily buy this because it's popular may get a ton of views just because of it's the jordan one i want to make sure i actually like it because i had a point where i started getting sick of shoes mm -hmm. but i was able to sell some off that i wasn't using give some to some you know family members who you know want them and maybe couldn't afford them so i felt good about doing that but i just want to be more purposeful and curated what i actually put in hand and not waste money, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be easy to to waste money, especially like with like the newer things. I think Ro, you brought up like there used to be a point where you'd want the LeBron, Kobe, or mm -hmm. KD. Like, pick your choice this weekend. I think in twenty twenty two, people are going to keep get further and further away from. I think the 
Kobe because we have to. He doesn't count. We would buy Kobe's all day. But like the LeBrons, the KDs, the Kyries, I think those are going to actually be overtaken in 2022 by the LaMelo ball and by like the Jordan performance stuff. Call me crazy. Russell Westbrook's shoes have been good for a minute. Yep. There's, there's a lot of good signature shoes. And I think what LaMelo is doing right now with Puma and then the not oversaturation and slow rollout of Russ's stuff, Dame's slow rollout of his stuff. Um, I mean, I think Adidas basketball has been killing it for two years, yeah. but like, I think, I think the Dame stuff, the Donovan Mitchell stuff, the LaMelo, these younger players are going to have, like, they're really going to list like, well, forget LeBron's. I don't want LeBron's anymore. My dad wears LeBron's. I want to go get the Lamellos. I think we're going to see even more of that. I can agree with that. This year. I can agree with that. That's where we're going back to the old Lebrons because no one's tripping, falling over themselves. Like Ro was mentioning, like I mean, when those Lebron was at nine, like Black History Month, I was in line before I went to work to try to get this year. No one's doing that for a a new Lebron model. No, no shade to the shoe. I think it's a good looking shoe to nineteen, but we know that in a couple months we can just wait and get it on sale because it's, it's performance. But these younger guys out there. I feel like the the thought process is kind of reverting back to seeing it on court, seeing the kind of swagger and style these guys put on on the court, you know, in the tunnel, whatever it may be, and even getting back to some actual marketing, whether it be TV or internet, whatever internet, whatever it is, they're making you want to buy this. You're interested in it because it's something we hadn't seen before. So I, I really do agree with you, Robbie. I think that's something we can see really take over some of the what well, we again. Kobe not included because we'll buy it all the time, but the other big stars like the, the Giannis, the Kyrie, the LeBrons, you know, PGs, we've seen them already. Now we're ready for the new set of, of kids to come through and really show show the innovation and show the, show the cool things they have. I think Giannis is still safe. I'll, I'll pass it off to somebody else. But Giannis is still young and fresh. Like Giannis is fun still <laughs> for the kids. But you're 100% right. Go ahead. I just want to say that. Giannis is still fun. No, and it's exactly that. Giannis is kind of picked up the mantle from Kyrie, right? Because Kyrie used to be the guy that had the very fun, adventurous colorways. It was cereal. It was SpongeBob. It was this. It was that. And I credit Giannis's ascent to like that upper echelon of let's say he's probably a top 25 player now based on not only what he was able to do but also the backstory of him and yeah. kind of watching him go through and this is probably the closest comparison I could think of is similar to what Dirk went through when he finally got that ring and Giannis became that person where he's now in that rare company because his last name is so damn hard to pronounce that he's Giannis <laughs> and people know who Giannis is. And it's going to be really interesting as well because there is a changing of the guard. And if we're following the attention of, let's say, the NBA in the 75th season, it makes sense to me that we are now focusing on that next generation of stars. Because whether any of us like to admit it or not, we are kind of seeing LeBron in his last dance years, whether yeah. that's at L.A. or another team that we haven't seen yet. but. It is that changing of the guard, and I'm always of the opinion I'd rather have a changing of the guard one year too soon than one year too late because we kind yeah. of had that awkwardness in that time period that we alluded to earlier in this episode where 2003 was great for us, but that was kind of one of those years where Jordan had come back, but the comeback didn't feel genuine, and they were just clamoring for somebody new. And Iverson was a little too hood. Kobe had some of his troubles at that point in time. So he wasn't mm -hmm. able to really grab that conch, so to speak. It took LeBron being this once in a lifetime prince who was promised, sorry, king who was promised that whenever I have this conversation with folk, I say this about LeBron James. He is the one thing in my lifetime that 
superseded the hype and actually performed. And you may dislike yeah. LeBron as a person. You may dislike him as a basketball person. You may dislike him as a businessman. But yeah. he has lived up to everything we thought and then some. And the great thing about this current generation of kids are they have a much better job of paying homage to history but not letting it overwhelm them. Because so much of early LeBron is, you know, I'm just humbled to see Jordan. LaMelo Ball Dude doesn't give a fuck. He's going to go out and get his <laughs> yep. no matter who's in front of him. And that's something that connects with this young consumer. And it kind of also bridges the gap because whether we'd like to admit it or not, that's something we kind of emboldened ourselves about liking Jordan so much because Jordan had that cutthroatness about him. Totally. I 100% agree because I, I look at like, you know, uh, like LaMelo is a, is the perfect example of that too, where it's to your point about Iverson, right? It's like, there's, there's this like arrogance and hoodness about him, but he was absolutely respectful of the game and the people before him. Right. Like, but I also think that that almost hurt him in the long run. Right. Like, you know, he had those moments where he crossed over Jordan and he had those moments where, you know, he, he got a game in on the Lakers, but most of his career and, you know, maybe it's personal, you know, stuff that he's dealing with. And maybe it's just the way that, you know, he was emotionally dealing with playing against his idols. I feel like, I feel like the, the, the upfront mentality from like a LaMelo is like, kind of what's needed in the next generation of the NBA, right? Like you almost need somebody that's like, look, I've been telling you I could beat you since I was 15 years old and I'm finally here to beat you. Yeah. Like, like that's it. You know, like everything I do is, is to say that I will beat you. I am here to kick your ass. I've been telling you I've been coming, you know, like, I mean, and even off the court, right? I mean, he shows up wearing the craziest stuff that like, you know, like, you know, the normal NBA rules referring back to the 75 and the greatness and all of this stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I love all that stuff. Right. Like I love seeing these guys just get like almost like starstruck every time to this day that you see uh, a LeBron talk to a Bill Russell or something like that. Right. Like that's a beautiful thing. And, and something that I don't think any of us can really truly understand what that means when you consider like, the legacy of the game and the legacy of the players throughout those different eras. But I also think that like the internet brought in a completely different beast of humanity as a whole. And I think that LaMelo almost represents that in a lot of ways because, because of how outspoken his dad was, because, you know, like I personally was a doubter. Like I didn't think LaMelo was going to be as good as he is. Me either. Yeah, Basically because the, the, <laughs> because the two other brothers didn't live up to the hype, right? And to Rowett's point, like, LeBron has literally been the only person on the planet, in my opinion, that has never, ever doubted, never, ever disappointed in living up to the hype. He has been better than everything that he was supposed to be in all aspects of life, depending on, you know, how you view his personal preferences and beliefs and stuff. But like, as far as performance, as far as a business person, as far as basketball, like, I don't think you could ever say that he's been less than, than what he was supposed to be. Yeah. And somehow, like, I mean, I know it's young, but like LaMelo is right there right now mm -hmm. in like, 
I never thought I would be watching him, play, especially in Charlotte. Like I never <laughs> thought I'd be like looking forward to seeing him play like this. And, and I do, and I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a casual NBA fan at this point at best, right? Like I follow the Kings games almost every game, but otherwise I don't get into other games because I just haven't had the time. But like every day I'm like, what's going on in Charlotte? What's Flamello doing? Should I, are there highlights that I'm going to need to be seeing from this, you know? And I haven't felt that way in a long time. Between Lamelo and John Morant, I really like the fact that they're yeah. trying to be their own two individuals. Um, because when you look at a lot of these other guys out there, and I was sitting there thinking about this. I was watching the Celtic game, uh, Celtic and Knicks game a few minutes ago before we got on. I realized that I cannot be like the, the Celtics, their young core is so unlikable to me for some reason. I, I can't put my finger on it, but it's because they all, especially Jason Tatum. I know he had a connection with Kobe, which is, is great, but everyone seems like at this point, since, you know, even before Kobe's passing was always trying to be the second coming to Kobe. Oh, I worked with them. I haven't got the Mamba mentality, blah, 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 which that was Kobe's find your own thing. I feel like everyone's trying to be the second coming of, Fill in the blank, LeBron, Kobe, whoever it is. But John Morant and LaMelo Ball are like, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to come in and wreck you. I think John Morant said it the other day. I don't care if you're 7'7". You can get it. Like, I'm coming to the hole on you. So I just respect all that. And I hope John Morant gets his own shoe. He deserves it more than Jason Tatum does. I'm sorry to say it. I think Tatum is literally, that's the best he's going to be. And I don't like the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, I hope that's just like a, a, a maturing factor, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's, you know, there was a lot of that with Kobe when he first came into the league, right? He was arrogant as hell, mm -hmm. but he was also he backed it up. I mean, almost, almost move for move mimicking MJ too. Yeah. Right. So, I, I mean, I think like jaw is like one of the few players that I feel like you know, and LaMelo, obviously, like, I feel like, you know, those are the two that stand out. Everyone else, with, with the exception of, like, I think Devin Booker is, like, absolutely incredible. I think he's kind of fallen into that same, uh, you know, kind of almost trap that you're talking about, where it was like, you're, you're so attached to, you know, Kobe and Kobe's game that, like, went, don't get me wrong, it's great. Like, of course, if you're going to model your game after somebody, like, you know, there's only three people in the world you should be maybe modeling your game after, right? Yeah. Like, as a, as a player with that kind of skill, but I hope that he kind of evolves into his own, you know, like, cause he's got tons of swagger off the court. He does a bunch of cool shit. He's obviously li like living the dream. Yeah. And, and I just see it as like, you know, he, he's another one of those players that could potentially, you know, I mean, Chris Paul's not going to be around much longer, right? Same, like yeah. if LeBron, if LeBron's not going to be around much longer, Chris Paul's definitely got to go in the next few <laughs> years as well. And, uh, you know, personal, personal feelings aside, even he's, he's just, you know, he's getting up there in age and like book is like one of those guys that should be able to lead a team to a championship in the next 10 years, in my opinion. Yeah, He should be able so. to, I completely agree. He has a skill set to do it. So let's, let's, let's bring this back to, to yeah, sneakers gonna, a little bit. I was going to circle it around. I, I, I had an idea though, just because to circle it around, I'm going to put some names out there. Tell me if in 2022 we get an. Um, if we do or do not get an announced signature shoe. So let's start with Devin Booker. 2022, does he have a signature shoe announced? No. Uh, not yet. No? Okay. How about how about this next person? How about Jason Taylor? I've already heard he's going to have one from him on some podcast. So apparently, yeah. You think it's happening? Towards the end of the year, Luca. I think. You think Luca's going to get one? 
He should. He should, but they're should. using him to push the pro, like the pro model. So I think no. No, and the, um, I think Jaw is also a very interesting one to ask because he's just so young. And if you look at his numbers from last year to this year, he'd be a great person to announce. Especially with what's going on with Kyrie, who knows what's going on with Kyrie? Yeah. Who knows what's going on with Paul George's line? Do you think John Morant might might be the next Nike person? I think he's very likely. I want to say yes, but I feel like they're not going to give it to him. I don't know why, but I feel like he's going to have to move brands before he gets a signature shoe. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably agree with that. Honestly, like you know he. Look, if if Lamelo actually sells shoes, other you know the hardest thing about the signature shoe is actually selling the shoe, right? Because you know we can we can talk about all this all day long, but the reality of us buying more than one or two player signature shoes every year is is pretty unlikely. But I think Ja is gonna is gonna be in a position where. He's going to be in a position the same that, you know, a D Wade was right where you've already had the experience with these deals. Do you want to stick with a Nike and potentially get a signature shoe, but not have the, the, the marketing budget and the backing to make it really successful regard, you know, like, and that's, I think that's where his, uh, I, he seems like a smart enough dude and surrounded by good enough people to understand how that works, yeah. where so many people just get excited about, you know, look, free Nikes and, and money. Who doesn't want that? Right. Yeah. But if you're thinking about your own personal legacy, like he's setting himself up where, you know, a Puma or a leaning or even a new balance could be a huge opportunity for him to step out. And, you know, it's, it's gotta be up to those brands to actually put together like, a good shoe and good marketing to make it successful. Right. Like, you know, and you could argue what successful is. Cause I mean, look, D, D Wade is making tons of money selling shoes, but he's barely selling any in the States. So check still cash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, what's, what's super interesting is I think jaws young enough and to like a point where it's like, all right, you going on D Rose a little early. You know, unfortunately, health didn't work out the same way, but they they took that risk and it worked out really well until his legs stopped working. Um, I think it wouldn't be a dumb idea for Nike to look at Jaw and be like, man, you're really from one to two, you're killing it. Let's just let's put it out there. Yeah, they should. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see. Like, I think it'd be a good business move for them to do it, but I just I feel like they're just getting oversaturated in the sense of they got a lot of talent and just so happens that he's just not on the team that's going to be marketable. And I think they take that into consideration. I don't think we're going to see a, a pandemic P six with Paul Got George he six. That's what it would be. Yeah, I think that line. I've heard in one place or another that that line is done. Um, not not even in a bad way. Not because the design or anything. Just Paul George doesn't move units like that. I think it, it, it's done. Yeah. Kyrie, I think, is going to keep getting left out of twenty twenty two marketing by Nike. He got, he's mis mysteriously out of a lot of stuff. I don't know if you noticed oh, yeah. that. But yeah. uh, Kyrie is not being photoed a lot. So I think taking a risk, it's not even that big of a risk. Jaw, Booker, 2022. Makes sense. I, I agree with you. It crazy. makes perfect sense to put them in, insert them into where those those spaces are left empty. But I just, I don't know what Nike's, their, their thought process is. That's kind of where I, I'm left like. I also think, and 
if I step on somebody's point, not my intention, I do think the internet has become the great equalizer because these players now are so great. It doesn't matter where they play. People are going to come to them and they're going to watch them. And if that means going to a random game in Indiana because Lamelo is going to be there, so be it. Uh, one thing I wanted to use almost as a segue because this was one of my predictions for the upcoming year, because Nike is kind of going through the quote-unquote metaverse and the digital verse, and it seems that everybody's favorite topic is now rearing its ugly head in sneakers as well with NFTs. I almost have a feeling that this year we might be able to hit a lot more on term, in terms of sneakers that we want to buy, because I think everybody's going to be so invested in that NFT boom. And I just kind of wonder, like, how is that going to work? Because... This is probably as pivotal a moment from a Nike perspective because we saw some certain flirtation, let's say, with Nike in the digital sphere with the fuel ban, mm -hmm. which has unfortunately kind of gone the way of Crystal Pepsi for a lot of people. But <laughs> what do you guys envision this metaverse looking like from a sneakerhead perspective? Because I do have a lot of interest because I think it is that flashy buzzword. It is probably the number one conversation that almost everybody who was at their family over the holidays probably had some sort of conversation about it, whether it's, I completely understand what it is and here's why we need to do it. Or I'm an old man yelling at a cloud because it looks like it's going to rain. I think is going to, it is going to be more to people, the NFT people who are just, in it, like we're gonna go ahead and spend our dollars to make money. They're gonna be in it regardless. But I think it's gonna target the kids. If it's something that could be used inside some sort of video game that these kids are playing, this is gonna be something that's gonna boom because I think what cool grades released in like Fortnite or something, like a whole fit and everything. If that's something that translates to these games in some way or form, they got the they got the market covered with the kids. And I'm, I mean, to your point, Roy, I hope that it makes it easier for us to get shoes for people who actually, you know, who, who are staying in this space and not quite moving all the way to, to the NFT space. But it's going to be a huge thing if it does translate to different things they can use. Like, can I put this on an avatar on, you know, I don't know, whatever. What, Roblox. Roblox, thank you. Yeah, Roblox. Roblox, yep. Fortnite, or uh, whatever it may be. Minecraft. Minecraft. Can I put this on on my player, on my avatar? Can I translate it? Can I show this picture on Twitter or my Xbox character? If it can do all those things, I think it is going to be a lot of people who will say, all right, well, I guess I'll spend X amount of dollars, whatever it costs to get this, as opposed to getting the shoe, unless they attach it to the physical shoe to where it's like, you buy this shoe, you get the NFT, which is going to make it harder for us to get shoes. Or, or the code. Or the code, whatever it may be, yeah. I mean, I, th I think I'm like kind of in a weird spot with this stuff because on one hand, like I never, you know, like I rarely play video games at all. And I also pay attention to like 2K and, and you know, when shoes started popping up mm -hmm. in those games, right? Like, you know, it's it's not really new. It's new being attached to the blockchain and, and actually having like some some substantial value potentially mm -hmm. for the user as opposed to just for the game maker. But I think that, you know, I look at it in a different way because as somebody who's put content out essentially for free when I, you know, unless I was able to like have a job where I was getting paid for it, you know, it's been 15 years of my life putting out content and, you know, we've talked about it a number of times, but like there's been a lot of times where my name is, is no longer attached to that work. And I really have no way of proving what I wrote for your favorite sneaker blog in 2007 or 2008 or 2011 or 2013, but I did, you know? So like for me, 
I think that like potentially there's there's a kind of a, a bigger picture solution to accountability on the internet, which I'm fully aware is kind of ironic considering we repost other people's stuff every day on the sneaker history Instagram account, right? But you know, it, I would rather see people get you know whatever you know commission or whatever dues are due to them, you know, like because they did the work and they created the the content, whatever that is. And so I, I think that, you know, in terms of the gaming stuff and in terms of like the brands getting involved, you know, like it or not, this is not going away. Right. Like there's way too many people that have invested billions of dollars into this behind the scenes, you know, and these, these are the same types of people that have invested in, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the, and the Googles and all of these companies that, you know, are are essentially like a handful of monopolies that run the internet right now. Right. Between like Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and Facebook and Google, there's not too many other players out there that really have much to say. And I'm sure many of those companies are behind a lot of this, you know, kind of metaverse type stuff and NFT stuff. But you know, like talking to Fran on this, you know, on a podcast episode months back, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of independent creators that have that have found ways to, like, find dedicated fans and create things that they're actually making royalties off of. So, you know, I hope that I hope that it does. It doesn't just become like, OK, cool. Nike is in this with Artifact. Adidas is in in with, you know, Bored Apes and nobody else even really matters because that's going to be the worst of it. Right. Like is if they essentially erase, you know, the, the, if they steal all the hype and the energy that, that could potentially be distributed more evenly, which is like, at least in, in theory, the, the reason for web three in this kind of new era of the internet where we're headed. But I don't know, man, I'm, I'm optimistic about it, but I'm also just like super cautious because I think that, it's impossible to keep up with it. And there's, you know, just like any, just like anything, the, anything new, there's as many scammers as there are, you know, real ones, especially right off the bat until you get some, some rules put in place and you get some people like really kind of looking out for each other. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm only interested if the MB one, the Lamella ball shoe, comes in like an NFT where like the the collar actually becomes Ruth Bader Ginsburg and like <laughs> if I could do something like that I'd be interested <laughs> if it's not that I'm not want, I don't want to have so, anything so to do no, with it so no if it's Sonia Satamayor no it's only if it's RBG RBG <laughs> and Lamella Ball the has crossover we always actually, wanted but we never knew could never happen. knew we needed it right? it has to get has to get super metaverse it has to be the MB1 by Puma and then RBG comes with a collar and then a mug forms around RBG and it's a mug with the shoe Stop. and her on it. <laughs> Digital. I, I, the only thing Mind I want to add on top of that, that judges row better be like uh, Charlotte Teal. Otherwise I'm out. That'd be sick. <laughs> Have you seen the black I mean, alloy you honestly, wear? It looks just like a judges row with teal outlines on the way. <laughs> that's, yeah. Bro, yeah. that's why I'm saying it. But also at the same time, I kind of made fun of it when the shoe first came out. It looks good. Especially with, with, with like the, the matching socks of the yeah, team. It's a good looking yeah. thing, but yeah, I, I was gonna say metaverses. I just my real verse isn't that bad, so I'm 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 just not. Yeah, I'm cool here too. I'm like, I'm straight. Yeah, it's like 
Life's not that bad out here. I'll, I'll wear my Nipsies. I'm going to I-hustle. Forget E-Harmony or <laughs> E-Nernet. I'm going to I-hustle, you know? <laughs> I feel got like Nick, a wiener. Got on that one. <laughs> Forced that one at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about it is, like, I, I, you know, I've been messing with this kind of stuff for quite a while. And, like, I think there's going to be real... There's going to be things we can't even really fathom yet that come from this stuff, right? And it's going to be, it's going to be all the stuff you wish you could you could do within sneakers, right? It's going to be getting to interview people. It's going to be getting to go to events, all based on having and being a part of this like new world that is is being created. And you know, part of it is like I hate part of it in a sense because it's just like the FOMO of every release, right? Like. The, the programming that we all have to say, like, damn, I wish I could have got those. Oh, they're sold out. And here's your L every day is just going to be even more over the top because now when Nike, uh, you know, hosts a basketball camp or has a event at, at Art Basel or at ComplexCon, you'll need to have the NFT as access or early access or access to the product. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of cool things that could come from that because you'll start to see people buy and sell and trade those NFTs to, to get access to things that they really care about as opposed to just things that they think are just hyped up. But at the same time, you know, it's a, it's a really slippery slope with all that stuff because, you know, we're already in a position where most of us don't get the opportunity to buy shoes that we really like. And, you know, not, not that we, could afford to buy all the shoes we like at this point anyway, because there's so many that are releasing, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the way it plays out will be really fascinating, but I, uh, I was going to ask, you know, just in, in terms of like, what do you guys see yourselves kind of moving towards as, as wanting to cop? I mean, we kind of joked ahead of time about, you know, saying that you're going to cop less, but, my first thought about all of that was like, I want to, I want to focus more on new technology, right? Like just like random stuff, you know, the, the GT jump, some of the new 3d printed Adidas stuff, like, but then fuck, I see fire reds and infrared <laughs> fours. And I'm like, well, well I'm, I'm not going to want this. Like, God damn it. I'm sold. You got me. God damn it. I'm in here. Yeah. yeah. That Rick and Morty meme. Bro, I mean, I totally forgot. I mean, my shoe for 2022, I mean, I've been looking at it the entire time we've been talking since Nick brought it up. That EQT elevation is going to be a problem. Yeah. Even if it's like, because Nick, I know which ones you were talking about with like the, the worst materials Vinyl ever. everywhere. If yeah. they do this with any kind of justice, maybe give me some new colorways, you know, maybe dip into some other... It's like the early, the late '90s, the early Kobe stuff. Um, I am extremely interested. It doesn't have to say his name on it for me personally. Yeah. Um, I just want it now. I never wanted it before, and that FOMO. I didn't buy the forty dollar pair, so now I really want a pair. So that's going to be my thing. And Adidas basketball going to be taking some money from yeah. me. Now I'm in the same boat as you there with Adidas basketball, but I think I'm aiming more for more. I, I don't want to say like cliche, but more timeless models, things that will really stand the test of time because things like your, like the new balance, the 990 V6 is going to be coming out soon. Things like that are going to stand the test of time. I can wear it and it looks better over time. 
Um, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some Jordan ones that are going to try to take my money, like those Dark Marina Blues. I mean, look, they're not going to release a Royal anytime soon, so I'm trying to fill that void with something. But there's a, I think there's a lot of cool things out there from the, the, the Adidas Kobe's to I'm, I'm just waiting for these things to go on sale. But like the T-Mac Resto Mods, things like that, I know it's really nostalgic, but it's things I liked and they're actually coming back out in, in a better fashion. So those things to me are just timeless models, classic basketball from Hall of Fame players uh, who really molded my childhood when it came to sports. Um, that's probably going to be the thing that, you know, empties my pockets. <laughs> playoff 12s too. Mike said multiple pairs. I'm going to jump back out, but playoff 12s yeah. also take my money. Those two. Totally. And I'm 12s. done. Yes. Yep. Take my dollars. Cause that's yeah. what I need. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of in that same boat with like the, but uh, like, I want to get like the, I want to get at least a couple pairs of that, like exhibit a Candace Parker shoe, because that shoe is super fire. Yeah. It's, all, oh, it's, it's on sale already in a lot of sizes. I haven't seen, like, the, the colors that I want on sale. But, I mean, oh, that's yeah. the kind of stuff that I think is, like, it's, like, forgotten, right? It's, like, what are we going to think back to and think, oh, that was an interesting shoe that we should have bought five years from now. To me, that's one of those shoes that's, like, it's kind of like the Dame shoes, yeah. right? I always think I'm going to get I'm gonna get this colorway oh, of the Dame shoe. And, like, I've gotten probably four or five Dame shoes but definitely not as many as I wanted to get. And after the fact, it's like impossible to find because it's not a hype shoe and you just don't see yep. it available places. Right. Especially like in a size 13 for me, it just, it just doesn't seem like it's out there, but I don't know. Yeah. But you Roy? what you Sad. looking for this year, anything that's really catching your eye that you kind of have a, you know, the dollar set aside for, Well, he thinks. Let me tell you that Cardinal three two from the Jordan seven look. Yeah. Here we are saying, well, we don't need no Jordans. And I never said that. No, I just know what's good. I'm trying to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't not say. It. I mean, it's like, damn, that Cardinal. It's like Cardinal sevens always. I say top five red shades of red in the color. Jordan repertoire. People never talk about it enough. But God damn it. On, I didn't think it would work. I didn't know I needed it on a Jordan three until I saw it. Like the little eyelets and the gold. Man, that's a is it, that's a problem. Is it crazy though? Like, I think it was probably like a year ago. We actually did an episode talking about all the colors that would look good on other Jordans, Sounds right? About right? We did, yeah. and it's like this year you got card the Cardinal threes, infrared four uh, fours. Yep. There's a Hoya's six now. The UNC There's a racer six blue well. five. Racer blue fives. UNC six. Like there's the black and purple thirteen from like two weeks ago. I think those are. Oh, cool. comes yeah. out, no, it comes out this week. Oh, the black yeah, and purple. Yeah, it comes out Saturday. I think. Again, gorgeous shoe. Things like the was the muslin yeah. three that the tan canvas one coming out. I really want to see what that looks like in hand because that looks like a pretty solid oh. shoe. The Georgetown, right? Mm-hmm. The Georgetown Jordan one we were just talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Yeah, it's just like man. I mean, there's this. We just rattled off what eight, nine different pairs of Jordan. The UNC sixes, my yeah, God. That's a beautiful gorgeous. shoe. I'm going to ask for help on that one. Uh, but see, look, we, we got no, to the same trap though. We all, it, they get us because they're, they're so, <laughs> they, they, they know how to get us with these particular colorways. And we fall into that same trap. Like, dang, we just ran it off. Like you said, eight of them. And we're going to try for all eight of that's them. Like, that's like $2,000 <laughs> for the shoes. And it's just like, sell none of it's feasible. <laughs> it's like, we're all dogs is trying to chase cars. It's like, we, we wouldn't know what to do if we, if we actually got one. You just look at but it. Like, like, if we hit on all these, 
I'd probably be depressed <laughs> if I if anything hit on all these. Well, yeah. But, well, and then like it's for, it's like for me, right? I don't need. I saw like the answer ones coming back, the answer fours coming back, the questions coming back. But like, you know, like I don't need like an, a Philadelphia Eagles answer four. But you know, I if like I came across a Donovan like- McNabb jersey that I could throw that together with, I might need them by the time they come around. You know, it's like, easy to find it. Right it's easy. Yeah, that's the problem. But okay, here's the question for you guys. I already know my answer, but if you guys, which is it's not a real thing, I hate when people say to pick one thing, but if you had to pick one sneaker, just one sneaker that you know of releasing, what is that you want to get? For me, the rumors of the Big Bang, LeBron 9 coming back out, if I had to pick one for the year, I'm cool with just that one. What about you guys? Easiest answer in my life. Playoff 12s is one of like I think there's there's a small handful of OG 1 to 14 colorways that, I, that I've never had. Mm-hmm. And that's one Same. the kid in middle school used to pick on me in 2004, <laughs> eighth grade. He had them on. So, like, I think about him picking on me. <laughs> and it's just like, man, I never – I didn't have the shoes. Like, I'm, I'm – I might even buy two of those things. I, I probably won't. You're going to send them a pair? You're going to send them a pair after you get them just to be like, hey, hell like, no. <laughs> um, I forgive you. But no, just like that shoe, I've I've always, always wanted a pair of playoffs. Well, and I, I just never had an opportunity. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, definitely those Kerwin Frost Adidas Micro Bounce. Get, get out of the house. Get out. Leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Kerwin's dope. No, I, I'm actually, I think I, I'm with Robbie. Like the playoff 12s, I've never had a pair. You know, the the Obsidian 12s are one of my first, you know, Jordans. So I, I would love to, to to get both of those colorways at some point again. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be after those. Hopefully, you know, they're, hopefully Jordans are, are uh, have fallen off by then. I feel Bring like, cross, bro. I feel like we're kind of, we're kind of at the point where retro Jordans should be falling off a little bit. There's just, there's just way too much other stuff yeah. out there. Um, and, you know, I feel like the resale market has, has died, you know, quite it a has. bit. You know, not necessarily died, it's, but it's, it's, just, down. it's just leveled off yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And I think that is is something that I look forward to as well. Just kind of, you know, I mean, I haven't looked at Watch the Throne, LeBron 9s or anything, but like assuming stuff like that, that is like, yeah, there's some nostalgia for it, but it's also like the rest of the LeBron stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, when when the South Beach LeBrons were supposed to come back, we were all pretty excited about it. By the end of the year, I don't think any of us picked up that shoe. I tried. Probably could have for pretty close to retail, if not retail, at some point along the way. Um, But, yeah. I mean, so, like, with the retail resale falling off, the playoff 12, I'm a buyer and not a seller with that shoe. So, power to me. If I miss out on the first run and I only have to pay $40 over retail, yeah. No I'm right there with you. So I mean, but Roy, when you before you you fell off there, I was asking the guys if you could only pick one shoe, like hypothetically, this year that anything you've seen that rumor to come out or you know for sure is coming out, what would that one shoe be? Like, what would you want to buy? That's a great question. I mean, I really haven't been keeping up with this year's releases, but this is kind of something I was hoping to chat about when it was my turn in terms of what I was hoping to buy this year. Last year was probably my heaviest volume of being quote unquote a sneakerhead because I had 
miss that employee discount, so to speak. So that allowed me to live my best life again. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I kind of bucked some trends that I previously was very arrogant and obnoxious about. Case in point, my shoe of the year, like I think a lot of America's, which was the Ama Manye 3, I famously said, I'm not copying any Jordan that's not the OG colorway. And lo and behold, your boy had a whole omelet on his face. He was that embarrassed <laughs> by such a proclamation. And it's one of those things where what I hope will be my shoe of the year is something I don't even know is coming out. And it's just going to be one of those aha moments that we previously chatted mm-hmm. about when five years down the line, when I get the courage to do inside Rowett's closet, because Robbie's been killing the closet shoe game for a while, it's going <laughs> to hopefully elicit that same reaction of me opening the box and being like, yeah, this is why I wanted this sneaker for this moment, because mm-hmm. I am grinning like a Cheshire cat. And this is a fantastic sneaker. But that LeBron 9, just because of the fact that it goes back to that three Wiseman era, like it was the mm-hmm. holy grail because I knew two people that had that and they were not LeBron, but they were pretty close up to uh, that <laughs> level. And I'm like, oh, you sons of – that is a beautiful shoe. So I'm hoping that the death of the resale market is actually there and maybe a couple months down the line if I have anything left from uh, this damn house move. I may try to purchase those What the Throne Nines. Or watch the Throne Nines, What the Thrones. Please, there you go, Nike. That's your next idea, the What the Thrones. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. laughs> there's a free Royal Special. Yeah. Joffrey's Throne. LeBron's All right, so uh, what? What? let's say uh, we, we said we weren't going to do this, but I'm going to put you guys on the spot. <laughs> like, what's what's the over and under? What are, you guys, what are you guys buying this year? How many pairs are you buying? I'm scared to answer that question because I, I get like a already completely over because of the YouTube channel. So I'm going to say I'm going to be probably upwards of 40 pairs. And that's being really quite conservative. Right. And that's scary to say. God, I just got I can't do that. I need to sell some things. For, <laughs> for my soul. Yeah, I yeah. my wallet stuff. <laughs> As, as Mike takes inventory, I will go a far less adventurous 40, uh, and I will say, it depends if the wife is within earshot. Let's go for <laughs> seven and a half. Y'all need a sponsorship. Someone sponsor me now. <laughs> yeah, please, please get Mike a sponsorship. And if need be, Mike, if I don't hit my seven and a half, you can have my remainder to count, account towards yours. Much like okay. you asked me to enter in terms of your raffle. I will give you my pairs that I don't buy, hopefully. I, mean, I feel like Robbie's got the calculator <laughs> yeah, going over there. Yeah, no, I'm, the I'm thinking. Going like, across, like, no, I'm like, we're already on the 6th. We're on January 6th, and I already have acquired four pairs. Oh, oh you win. You win. That, that's a tenth of, uh, 10% of, them, of Mike's output. <laughs> yeah. I mean – Thank you very much, Reebok. Thank you very much, Puma. Thank you very much, for sure, On. For sure. Like, I don't. Guys. I don't ask for these things, but they 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 come across with like, damn, bro. Like six days. No, in, no, I'm we're talking about. See, I'm, I didn't. I didn't account for like our, our our friends who are gracious enough to give us like send us things. I mean, coming out of row it. Oh, not row it out of Robbie's pocket into Robbie's closet. Yeah, let's go with purchases only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well then still if he, I mean six days in I'm, I'm already at one then that, that's fine that's in. like I'm at one um, so. so what so, 52 pairs huh yeah, right no I'm thinking dude I just got um, queasy thinking about that <laughs> I'm gonna say net net purchase of 15 because I mean I this week alone I've already sold uh, 
five pairs off on eBay. One on StockX, four on eBay out the closet. So I think net I'll be up 15 out of my own pocket. But like I've really been letting go of stuff. I just don't post about it because nobody wants my used stuff. I just put it on eBay. And I don't want to haggle with my own friends. So I don't even put it, I got $5 I put it on eBay. I want to talk to nobody about it. Five whole dollars. So I say probably net 15 of my own. All right. I, I'm I'm going to – I mean net, I'm going to be down like at least 100 <laughs> pairs this year. I want to get rid of at least 100 pairs of shoes. This is recorded, right? <laughs> yeah, let's come back to it. We're going to come back to this at the end of the year. I'm going to get rid of at least 100 pairs of shoes I like this year. That. Um, yeah. You know, this is not a bragging thing, but that still leaves me with many hundreds left. So, like, don't buy sneakers, people. Yeah. I know that you listen to us to, to hear about sneakers, but, like, my one piece of advice is just, like, don't bother. You've got enough yeah. of them. Man, Nick, let's do that this. That said, I'm going to buy it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. under 20 purchases. <laughs> what was your number, Nick? Under 20 under purchases. 20. Under 20. Okay. I feel gross saying that out loud, guys. You don't understand. Like, I really just hurt myself. And, like, I, I need to just – I'm going to borrow shoes. I'm not buying I'm just going to borrow from people. Like, no, Discord. Say, <laughs> I'm going to borrow these this, week, this week's edition of First World Problems brought to you by Sneaker History. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Might ha- we might have to cut the end of this episode off and make it Patreon exclusive because we know those people like, you know, understand and, and you know, it's a safe space, it's a safe space it's a safe- for us. You know? <laughs> My name yeah, is Mike. Exactly. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, uh, man, it's been good to catch up. Oh, yeah. Anything else we need to run through? No. I need to go hustle. So need need both. To, I got to go. Need to hustle. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> yep. All right, well, Hold I'm on. pretty stoked because I know we've got... What? 2022, Rick Ross gets a signature shoe. Watch. You have one. He hey, that'd be dope. Leading, Every he? day I'm hustling. Yeah, I, thought he I thought he did. He had a Reebok back in the day, but he's going to get a Reebok too with the like a... And he was in a Nike commercial because he had the chain that said, boom. He does everything. Yeah. 2022, though. <laughs> he has a signature shoe. We in room 222. <laughs> it's going to be called the Thin Ross. <laughs> And there's a new picture uh, of a skinny Diana Ross on the back of it. 2022, we're going to get some some advertisers on the podcast. So if you're listening and, and you know somebody that should be advertising on the podcast, introduce us, oh, hit us up, boys. let us know. Female listeners, yes. female correspondents as well. Let's let's do the ladies' game as well. Yeah, how funny Speaking would it of, be? We've actually got a like. I'm pretty stoked for the next few episodes after this one because I've got a at least one interview on the way that is going to be well worth your time to kind of dig into like an, an outsider perspective of sneakers, I guess. Not an outsider necessarily, but like just a a more uh, business perspective than consumer perspective mm-hmm. from the female side too, which the I think is like, really... you're stupid buying all these shoes. You're, you're, you're right. responsible. Yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's definitely part of, uh, I don't have no, no. Ass, no, no. <laughs> but I, I am pretty stoked to get, to get back to it and, uh, get some new, some new folks on the podcast as, as guests. So yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to yeah. killer here, man. It's going to be a great one. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's uh, let everybody know how they can find you on the social medias out on there. socials, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. And go hit that subscribe button on YouTube, please. Guys, I got to support this habit along, like, 
paying my bills. So <laughs> go ahead, hit that, that button. We gotta pay the bills around here. Uh, it's at Mike Giller at YouTube and uh, Robbie Roy. Where can they find you? You got really serious. After no, that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> just, hey man, I ain't doing this for free no more. We can't do this for free no more. <laughs> At first, it was free. At first, it was free. Now, now, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. This is all really lighthearted. It's like Mike Gilroy. <laughs> <laughs> government, name, government name Mike over there. Hold my government okay. name. You can find my only fan at Trixie. Um, no, um, no, you can find me at Sneaker History. It's the only place you need to follow. Follow me on Twitter at Roheezy, on Instagram at RoadM13. And if you follow me in those two places, follow Sneaker History, follow Mike Gilroy on YouTube, and be a good person. Yes, definitely. You can follow me at Nick Engvall on all the platforms. Uh, hop into the Discord and be a part of the community. There's some really great people in there. And honestly, they probably have helped us all pick up shoes that we wouldn't have had otherwise, Facts. which is one of my favorite byproducts of having a big group of friends to talk about sneakers on the internet. So thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Goodbye. Hey everyone. This is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to thank you for listening to the sneaker history podcast. We've revamped our Patreon with new tiers and even more access to exclusive podcasts and other benefits. You can join for as little as five bucks a month at patreon.com slash sneaker history. If you're not ready to jump in and support to keep the podcast independent in that way, consider joining our Discord community. We've got a bunch of fun things going on in the community, including trivia nights, giveaways, access to hundreds of sneaker raffles from around the world, release announcements, most importantly, just good people helping good people get the sneakers they want. We've also teamed up with a few partners to offer our supporters exclusive discounts. You can find some of those in the links for this episode, but even more in our Discord. Give us a try, and if you don't enjoy it, you can always just cancel the membership at any time. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to have someone show their appreciation. Thank you all for the support, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.